quedar tranquilo y nació al día siguiente. Welcome everybody to Full Kit Wanker Podcast, your weekly recap of all things soccer related, brought to you by two Americans, Stephen and Ryan. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at FKW Podcast and email us with any critiques, criticisms, feedback at fkwpodcast at gmail.com. Now to the show. Welcome back to Full Kit Wankers Podcast. Stephen and Ryan here to give you the recap on week one of English Premier League action. Stephen, how'd you enjoy the first opening weekend of uh, the Premier League this past weekend? Um, well, I enjoyed it. You know, quite a bit actually. Uh, my my team won. Um, a lot of good, good, fun matches. You know, spread out throughout the weekend. So I was definitely happy for it to be back. We've gone that long stretch where there's you know after NBA is over, there's just baseball and you know whatever random. Hopefully, there's good you know fights and stuff like that to fill the void. Yeah, baseball doesn't seem to really do it for me. Almost a complete opposite attraction to that of soccer with, you know, kind of fluid gameplay and no commercials and no stoppages where baseball is, um, you know, like I said, the exact opposite with a lot of stoppages and drawn out play. Yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah, a lot of a lot of strokes for, you know, a little uh, good feelings, as I'd put it. So. Kicking off the weekend, obviously, Liverpool um, started off the, the first match of this se- season against Norwich, opening up with a 4-1 victory. Uh, where Did you walk away impressed more with Liverpool's showing, or was it just Norwich being Norwich and, and being the relegation battling team that we figured there will be throughout the season? I mean, I was, I was definitely impressed with Liverpool's performance. Um, you know, always good to start off the season with a win, but I think, you know, something like this was expected of them um, against, you know, a team that, although they won the championship, you know, last season, um, they're probably one of the favorites to, you know, to, to go straight back down. Um, You know, Al Liverpool does come out of this with a couple questions. And one of them is um, Allison's injury. Do we know how serious that is? Have you heard yeah, anything on that? I, I have not heard anything on the Allison front. I, I assume that they'll keep that pretty close to the vest. As most Premier League teams um, tend to do with those types of injuries, there's no um, required injury report update. At least it doesn't appear like there is in most American sports. But outside of the first two goals, which Norwich basically handed to Liverpool with an own goal, uh, which is an epic way to start the season from your captain, nonetheless, Mm -hmm. um, and then a a kind of a pinging back and forth ball that just fell on the toes of of Salah. And, um, of course, he he put it in the back of the net. Uh, Liverpool were up 4-0 at halftime, ended up conceding one in the second half. Um, but they looked they looked just like the Liverpool of last year, and I don't think that they're going to have much troubles uh, dispatching teams of similar, you know, level of talent as those of Norwich and those relegation battling teams. Um, and to continue on with that, City, you know, obviously continued their rough run over uh, not even relegation battling teams, but even mid-level teams. A team like West Ham, who spent a lot in the offseason. Um, City demolished them 5-0 with Sterling getting a hat trick and a contested um, possible fourth goal that was pulled back from VAR. Um, and then Aguero and 
Jesus both getting a goal each. Um, seems to be that City is firing on all cylinders uh, from opening day, which I guess we shouldn't expect anything less of a Pep Guardiola-led team. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, Sterling definitely looks to be one of the favorites to win the Golden Boot. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Um, Aguero, you know, how many goals do you think he's going to end up with in the in the Premier League? It's, you know, he's going to be near the top of, of the all-time sc- scorers list for sure. Um, yeah, they looked good. Um, I don't think you can, you know, we're going to learn much from West Ham um from this from this performance just because i think there's a big gap between the top two teams or you know definitely the top two maybe the you know the top six or so um so we'll we'll have to wait and see on west ham but yeah city you know that's what they needed to do to to you know tell liverpool that hey we're still the champs yeah, the race is on from day one, both impressive performances from from both teams. I would say that I walked away with a, a little more um, positive feelings towards City, mostly because of that Allison injury. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just if City can find a way to shore up the back a little bit um, compared to what they did last year, and they had a pretty dominant season last year, although Liverpool gave them a run for their money. Uh, it does appear that they're going to have all the attacking talent they could ever need. You know, it's almost a, it's almost, uh, you know, an embarrassment of riches. Yes. An embarrassment of riches. Very good. Um, for what they have up front and what they have that they could bring off the bench as well. I mean, they, they're impressive. Not that Liverpool is, is obviously lacking in that manner, but I would say that city, um, from a starting 11 and throughout the bench probably has a, a bit of a deeper team than Liverpool even, uh, can carry throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Liverpool's whole thing was, you know, they lost the Champions League because of, you know, not having a top-level goalkeeper. So, you know, that was the whole reason they brought in Allison and they won the Champions League and now they're pushing for the Premier League. But, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, so a, a big question for you. I know something that uh, that you're probably asking yourself as you walk away from the weekend. Are the glory days of United back? Do you feel like this week's performance against Chelsea, uh, you know, brought back some fond memories of times under Sir Alex Ferguson and the teams that he led to obviously plenty of titles, um, not only domestically, but abroad as well? Yeah, I mean, it definitely looked like that. Beating, you know, the Chelsea who finished third last season. Um, High expectations for them as as usual, but you know Manchester City or sorry United looked very dominant, and you know I think they went out and said, "Hey, there's there's been a lot of drama and stuff with who who you know who's leaving, who's coming in, you know what's happening." But the guys that were out there, you know, they put on a really good performance. I was impressed. Yeah, no, I was particularly impressed by Paul Pogba. Uh, you know, he seemed to really dominate the game and seemed that like ball was... over the top was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a, dis- a disgusting ball over the top that he played into. Was it Rashford? Um, yeah, for that Good second goal in two minutes. Yeah, no, Rashford was on point. Lingard was all over the place. Uh, do you think Juan Bissaka looked good? Hey, Juan Bissaka, yeah. I'm telling you, I, you, you didn't seem to be a very big fan of him last week. Um, you know, but I think that he's going to be a cog there in the in the backfield for y'all. 
Well, uh, I just I just had to get caught up on his work from uh, <laughs> from some memes. So, got it, got it. Uh, so, do you think that there's a chance that Pogba now is is going to stay at United this year, and and they're going to ward off the interest of Real Madrid and Zinedine Zidane? Oh yeah, he's definitely going to stay here this year because you know even if he 100 percent wants to leave, they'll name him in the lineup for Europe or for a European match, and then you know cup time. Um, so he, you know, I don't think anybody would spend that much. And uh, I don't know. Well, because United's in the Europa League, does that cup tie them for the Champions League? Well, I'll research that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that there are still some rumors out there. You know that Real Madrid is very headstrong on on bringing him in. I, th- I think he'll stay. You know, the entire season this year. Um, but after that, who knows? If they miss. If they miss the Champions League, yes, he is definitely gone. Yeah. Well, between Maguire and Juan Bissaka, uh, they obviously held a clean sheet against Chelsea, not only putting up four, but, uh, you know, closing the back end as well, which they struggled with so much last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you would have to say that those two played an integral role in their in their defensive um you know, abilities this past game. Do you are you feeling more and more confident that this can be a back four that can function for them for the duration of the year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as we, as we talked about, you know, Juan Bissaka came in, so that shores up the right side. Um, Luke Shaw, even though he was from Lukaku's video or Snapchat, you know, he was the sl- he's the slowest player on the team. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I saw in uh, Sky Sports they were debating whether Harry Maguire is a future England captain. So I think that's a good sign for United that you know, that's even, you know, being discussed. Yeah. Well, he definitely has kind of that prototypical captain demeanor. Um, you know, that there's that great picture of him showing up to the last world cup with just a garbage bag instead of a suitcase, um, that he had carried his, his clothing and, and stuff in. he had just packed it in a garbage bag and not even worried about bringing over any, um, you know, fine leather suitcases or anything like that. So he's kind of got that lunch pill mentality. Uh, and not to delve too deep into what the English national team are doing, but I, I could see him being um, that type of leader for for United and obviously possibly the, the English national team as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll be we'll be looking forward to um, you know the Euros next season, and who knows, maybe we'll have some coverage directly from Europe. Yes, yeah, we do have some lofty goals there to to be able to attend some of those matches, make it two Euros. Back to back, that would be a, an awesome feat, and perhaps a year. Uh, is it four lions or three lions? Three lions. Three lions. Okay, yeah. Compete once again. Um, so, so obviously on the other side of this coin, uh, you know, United walk away with a great victory on opening day, but Chelsea uh, must must be feeling uh, a little blue. Not to get too punny there. Uh, Frank Lampard's opening match as the manager of Chelsea, um, obviously his lifelong team. Uh, did not hit off the way he probably would have expected or wanted it to. Um, I, I really do think that this ban on their transfer capabilities is going to hinder uh, the team and obviously what Lampard's able to do. Uh, they look like they have holes across the field, and, and obviously without being able to bring in reinforcements, um, it's going to be a struggle for them to really challenge for the top four and, and possibly even contend for the top six if they have many more performances like that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't look good for for Chelsea. Um, I just want to correct you. 
real quick, Frank Lampard, not lifelong Chelsea. He you know, he had that year at City and then New York City as well as um coming up with West Ham. Um well correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all I could City. think about. Yeah, he's a he's that. a ti- he's a title winner for City, isn't he? So I guess I probably should have done that. I think yeah. he went to the title his one year there. Uh, no, but it's definitely it's definitely concerning. Um, you know, Chelsea lost their best player, by far their best player, I think. Um, and they just sold their best defender too, David Luiz. Um, and they they're going to be playing in Europe. You know, at least in the front half of the season. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how well they'll, you know, maybe it's just an aberration, but, and maybe that's, maybe this is just a sign that they need to start Pulisic. I don't know. Even though yeah. they did give up three goals after he came on. <laughs> yeah. I would say that he, he did get an opportunity in the game and probably didn't make it's not his fault. The best representation of himself right off the bat, but yeah, he can't, he can't take the square of the full blame, obviously. Um, you know, Conte started on the bench, um, you know, a former, uh, you know, EPL player of the year, uh, player. So they, they have some talent that, you know, is probably going to be worked into the rotation, including, you know, Christian Pulisic, um, as the season goes on. Although there's, there's many, uh, you know, conversations going back and forth on whether Pulisic will see a healthy dosage of time this first season in the premier league, just because of his age and um, being his first real introduction into the Premier League style of play, which is, you know, as, as most experts say, one of the fastest, if not the fastest leagues, and definitely one of the uh, most physical leagues um, across Europe and, uh, you know, naturally the world. I think he'll be starting regularly before too long. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's been other um, teams in the past who have, you know, gone the way of the United States uh, national team player picked him up, and you know, outside of a couple goalkeepers, you know, you look at uh, Clint Dempsey. Well, Pulisic's actually good, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, Dempsey was a, a quality player. Yeah, Dempsey and, was pretty good. He was good for Fulham. Yeah, he was great for Fulham, but then Tottenham splashed some cash for him, and it almost seemed like they were more interested in building that United States that connection. Brand, yeah, than they, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. than they were playing him. Although he did get some time, but it was not near the time that he was getting at Fulham where he, I think he had a 20 goal season there at Fulham. Yeah, I believe so. So anyways, we could, we could belabor that point and, and talk all sorts of United States soccer. Uh, but let's continue on. Spurs. Leave that avoid, to the other wankers. Yeah. The other wankers can focus on that one. Um, so Spurs avoid disaster uh, down one nil for, I think it was about 60, 65 minutes of the match against Aston Villa it ended up taking uh, a three, one victory. Um, the new, the new guy, Numdombele, who I one day will get his name correct, uh, with a smashing goal from distance. Uh, Harry Kane got on the score sheet as well, uh, and then they put a third away. So, uh, you know, Spurs obviously walk away, uh, sighing a little bit of sigh of relief. Uh, as we know, Spurs are, are keen for opening day and, and closing day uh, meltdowns when it comes to Premier League uh, matches when they matter. Yeah, they... They definitely didn't look good for the first hour, but they they pulled it off in the end. Um, Harry Kane um, scored a nice goal. Um, Aston Villa, you know, the opening goal, you know, I think it was the eighth or ninth ninth minute, but it was nice. And uh, 
I was ready. I was, you know, ready to to send you some friendly <laughs> friendly trash talk, but I I didn't know if you were watching or not, so I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah, nope. I, I was tuned in. Um, you know, I typically turn off the group me chat whenever the game's going on, just in case I'm ahead or behind and, and don't want to get any spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I ended up pulling it out. You know, interesting uh, thing, much like Polistic coming on late, but kind of a different a different storyline is the Christian Eriksen storyline there at Spurs. He didn't start the match, um, came on and, you know, assisted, uh, I believe, one goal and was a playmaking creative midfielder that he's known to be uh, throughout that second half and really made a difference. I, I don't see at this time that Spurs can move on without him, but it's it's probably a warning sign that uh, for most of the fans that he is uh, still on the block as far as a transfer would be uh, concerned here in the next couple of weeks before the, the other European leagues close their transfer windows. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like even if they win the league or win the Champions League, I I don't know if he really wants to stay. I I think he's ready to move on. He's been there, you know, a while it seems like. 5 years maybe. I don't know. But uh I think he'll you know, he wants to take his talents to the next level as far as being like a superstar, kind of like uh Luca. Yeah, it's interesting that you know, you could reach the the Champions League final with a a team and then view yourself as needing, you know, a, a, a bigger challenge in front of you whenever you just played on the, the biggest stage that there is outside of the World Cup final, probably. But I would assume that some of those bigger teams, such as Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid and, and Barcelona, there's a lot of um, sponsorship money that comes with it, a lot of notoriety. Um, you know, you're kind of like the New York Yankees in baseball, right? Even though uh, perhaps you played for the Royals the year before and you all won the 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 pennant, it doesn't matter because you weren't in New York, weren't living in the Big Apple and getting all the the residual benefits that come with playing in that market and playing for that team. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's probably like double the money to Madrid to Spurs. Definitely, especially with Spurs' wage structure, uh, you know, not even being on the same level as the other five teams that they share the top six with. So uh, that's a definite consideration as well. So one game I missed um, across North London, um, Arsenal did sneak by Newcastle. Uh, Stephen, were you able to tune into any of that game or catch any of the highlights? Um, I caught some of the highlights, um, but I think the main the main story off that match was uh, the absence of Meza Ozil and uh, Kolasniak after they've uh, been threatened a few times, apparently, um, by some of these damn racist hooligans in london what was uh, it racist hooligans that were threatening them this time uh i think so yeah i think so okay uh, i did see that arsenal pulled the two of them and obviously we, we spoke on our last episode about the the knife wielding attack that most arsenal fans probably wish went through the jugular of mesodozil instead of uh Klosnik fighting him off but uh i did not realize that there was um you know race-based or uh, religious-based uh, threats that were well, drawn all, and wiped Yeah, it's it's all Boris Johnson's fault. I mean, he's <laughs> whipping this up. You know, he's he needs to be out. Yeah, well, I think that that's probably a topic we'll leave for the other Winker podcast as well. Um, so, anyways, Arsenal, Arsenal, excuse me, sneak by Newcastle one 0 
believe Abu Mayang got the only goal of that match. Am I correct there? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, opened his campaign with the with the score. Uh, <laughs> I actually have ran. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I, I don't remember. Grab. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great reporting, Stephen. Appreciate that. Well, um, kind of boring match. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the rest of the table uh, just rounded out. Um, you know, kind of goes to show where the middle of the pack, at least where I believe that most of them are going to fall. It's going to be a big mixer there in the middle of the pack behind the, the top six. Uh, Wolves and Leicester uh, finish in a nil-nil draw. Sheffield United and Bournemouth finish in a 1-1 draw. Burnley 3 over Southampton 0. Crystal Palace and Everton nil-nil. And then Brighton and Watford. Uh, Brighton wins that match 3-0. Any takeaways or eye-catchers there in that grouping of games? Yeah, so we'll, we'll start from the from the first match. Um, Wolves and Leicester. Um, you know, nil-nil, kind of a boring match. Um, but bo- both these teams are going to be battling for European spots. So that means, you know, I don't think either of them are going to, um, you know, break through that glass ceiling to, to the top four. Um, but Wolves f- finished seventh last year, Leicester ninth. Um, I think you can expect, you know, similar positions for them. Um, but, you know, never know. Maybe maybe one of them will uh, break into that top four. Yeah, yeah. Both of those teams should have, uh, you know, decent outputs this year. I think they've, they've both invested some money, uh, you know, in, this, in the squad in hopes of at least maintaining their last year's point totals and hopefully moving up some. Um, I didn't catch any of the Burnley Southampton game. A little surprise, I guess I shouldn't be. Uh, the Southampton of three, four years ago seems to have gone by the wayside, uh, but getting stomped three nil by Burnley is definitely an eye opener on opening weekend. Um, and then Crystal Palace and Everton, both teams, you know, kind of seeing an influx of talent and, and some mixing and matching going on early on in the season. I believe Everton lost their head coach. Is that correct, or is he still there? Um. Marco Silver? Silver? Yeah, Silva. Yeah. Um, I thought. Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I thought he was still there. I probably should prep the questions before just throwing them out there on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, Burnley looked good. Um, they kind of had a down season last year because um, they were playing in Europe as they finished. Um, and seventh uh, the year prior. Um, so look for them to get back into the top 10. Um, Crystal Palace and Everton. I think Everton, both those teams should finish in the in the top half. Um, I think Crystal Palace may underachieve um, as they seem to do. Um, but Everton definitely has a higher upside. Yeah, they had a great year last year, and, and I just double checked. Marco Silva is still um, <laughs> leading the command there in Everton. So, thought you might. Have some news. <laughs> no, 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 no uh, breaking news here uh, coming from the desk of Brian, unfortunately. Um, so now, my my personal new favorite segment of the week, we're going to stare right into Stephanomis's third eye. Um, I'm going to lobby some picks of the week and also a couple other follow up questions to you. Um, so this week, our, our big, big game of the week, our big match of the week is going to be City Spurs, but we'll come to that last. I want to hear uh, your pick, Chelsea Leicester, Chelsea at home at Stamford Bridge. Uh, who do you see or how do you see that match finishing? 
Um, well, Chelsea is obviously the favorite at home um, this early in the season um, against l- lower competition. Um, I do think they will bounce back. Um, a win for them is minus 121 right now, so decent odds on a win. Yep. Uh, and I would say I'm fairly confident that they're going to win. Um, so prediction okay. 2-0. Okay. All right, we'll we'll rub the third eye again and Everton versus Watford. How do you see that one playing out? Everton Watford. Well, Everton we talked about they had that um nil nil draw with Chris, Crystal Palace kinda uh unmemorable. Watford actually um underachieved um in the opener according to my expectations, because they lost 3-0. Um, I think a lot of people kind of pegged them for a top top half finish this year. Um, but, you know, it was kind of disappointing. So I think on this one, I would go with Everton as well, um, just because it's at, um, at Everton. Um, slightly worse odds, but I'm going to go 3-0. I think Everton's going to going to come out wow well i bet there's some great odds on a three nil finish um in that match and and keep in mind everton still has marco silva as their uh manager so (laughs) i I might have to check you know saturday morning before (laughs) all right and then the big pick of the week um going back rubbing the third eye once again stephanomis who do you have in the city spurs matchup um well this one i'm not I'm just going to have to go with the odds makers on this again, I suppose. Um, City's just an overwhelming favorite, almost three to one uh, to win. Um, You know, and based on the, based on the, the the first, first match for each team, I think a lot of people would agree that City looks like the better team compared, compared to Spurs. Um, Obviously they were the better team last season. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with City. We'll say um, 3-1. 3-1, okay. Yeah. Well, no, not taking any underdogs this week. Um, sticking with the odds makers. So you've got City 3-1 against Spurs. Everton 3-0 versus Watford. And Chelsea, remind me of the score, versus Leicester? 2-0. 2-0, okay. So some lopsided games there. I, I think that all three of these have the potential to be great games, but the, the city Spurs matchup is going to be scintillating. And um, I know I'm going to be salivating all week, just waiting for it. Um, so uh, appreciate you busting out your third eye and giving us the lowdown on your picks um, on this, this week's matchups. Now I'm going to transition over to uh, how you see this, the season playing out this year. Uh, where do you want to start Stephen, with the golden boot or top four? Um, let's start with top four and we'll start with like fourth and go up. Okay. All right. So do you want to go first or should I? I, I guess I can take the lead here. Um, so so four, starting with four, I see United slotting in at four. Um, should we trade off and you go four an hour? Or should I yeah. Mine? Yeah, let's okay. trade off. So this is a, quite a coincidence. You picked my team and I'll pick your team to finish fourth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm picking the Spurs to finish fourth. I think that might have been a last second change there just to to pay it back, but oh you know we'll no, I have it written down. I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist myself, so um that might be just me over analyzing okay, so third um coming in third, I have um 
I have Spurs coming in third this season. Yeah, I have Manchester United coming in third, so I think we're pretty, you know, we we're pretty on the same page about those teams. Third, not not title contenders, but definitely Champions League material. Yeah, yeah, I would say that between our top two, which obviously is going to be Liverpool and Man City in whatever order we choose them, uh, there would have to be either injuries or serious letdowns uh, to allow those two teams to overtake them and uh, finish second or, you know, find a way to to take the, the trophy at the end of the season. So number two, um, I'm actually going to take last year's champions and at number two, Man City with Liverpool finishing first this year and raising their first English Premier League title. Um, they have, as, as you might recall, have not won a single uh, title in the top flight since the English Premier League started. Wow. Yeah. Um, I kind of have the same opinion. I think uh, Liverpool is going to take it this this season when their first pr- Premier League title. Um, you know, we'll see if, if they can defend the Champions League. Um, not many teams have been able to do that, aside from Real Madrid recently. Um, but yeah, I think City's going to come up short this this year yeah and, and, you know to be honest with you I, I would not be surprised at all if we saw um kind of role reversal from last year where you know city was eliminated in the final four uh, of the champions league uh, you know obviously they're they would say that they were focused on both uh, but i think winning that premier league title probably took a little more priority than the champions league last year and i, I think that pep this year is going to give it all to win that the Champions League, um, and with Liverpool coming off the the win there, um, you know, I don't think that you would ever hear Jurgen Klopp say that they're going to put a back seat to the Champions League. But I do think that he probably views it as more important to the team, the fan base, ownership to finally take home a Premier League title uh, when it's been X yeah, he of could, years. He could definitely, you know, cement cement his status if he wins a a league title. Certainly. All right. So golden boot, we can do uh, we can do top three. Uh, why don't you kick us off this time, Stephen? OK, so for my golden boot, top three. So. um, Well, I really only had a top two because I, <laughs> hey. I see it as a, a two man race. This All season. right. Well, hit me with um, the top two then. So my top two, Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling, two Englishmen. Yeah. And, and I think that I was going to expand it to a top three because I really do think that, you know, once again, a wealth of riches over there um, at Man City. I do think that Jesus or Kun Aguero will find their way to be part of the conversation. Uh, but I think when it's all said and done, that that Kane and Sterling are going to be one and two. And uh, I think that Kane, as long as he avoids injuries, will find his way to uh, to the number one spot just because of the importance of him up front, uh, you know, whereas Sterling obviously will share some of those goals. Um, Kane, for the most part, is central focus, priority number one for Spurs on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, I I had Sterling winning it. Um, you know, obviously he's off to a great start and a little head start, but, you know, we'll see, as they say. We will see. All right, so we're going to round out this week's episode um, with a Ryan's Winker of the Week. And, and Stephen, I'm not sure what your thoughts were, but uh, my Winker of the Week goes to the new 
modern technology that was introduced this past week and that will be um, seen throughout the season in VAR. Um, the VAR system, to me, just took away some of the excitement, you know, some of the natural ability to react and, you know, feel heartfelt emotion without having that in the back of your head that everything is being checked now by VAR. Um, at least most goal scoring opportunities where, uh, you know, let's be realistic there. There is uh, a matter of inches between the onside and offsides and so many of those, those goals. And uh, I can't say that I was in agreement for the one that saw Raheem Sterling's potential. Uh, I think it was going to be a second goal uh, called back. Um, you know, as, as the rule of VAR states, or as the rule of offside states, I should say, um, any playable portion of the body, attacking portion of the body, so excluding hand, arm, and most of your bicep, I guess, up into your shoulder, mm-hmm. is not is not considered offsides. If that is past the last defender, then it's not offsides. And so, if I your mean, arms passed, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But if your foot, if your foot or your head is passed, then it's it's not fine. That's offside. Okay. Well, the the shoulder, the top edge, tip of the shoulder, uh, was past the last line of the defender, and they had to draw one of those you know dashed lines down to the, where the offside line. I think if be. it's that close, it should just be onside. Agreed, agreed. And it was called onside to begin with, and so that's yeah. what was befuddling to me. And and I, you know, in my experience seen plenty of times when the shoulder has been used, you know, whether it be a cross ball or something like that in the box and it's been given as a handball. So, uh, you know, it point number one, it was that the, the, you know, genuine excitement is kind of dampened whenever you always have to have that in the back of your mind. It's like, okay, well, you know, what's this review going to show? And then also point two was, they should uh, just do it by feet. It's called football. If your feet are further along, then, you're offside. Agreed. If Agreed. Uh, yeah, I don't think that the person's position running with his head should should play into it. But I guess if we're going by what the rules yeah, say, I mean, if you want if you want to measure something, just do the feet because that's easy to measure. It's easy to see. Um, you know, that would be the easiest for a computer to you know decipher. Um, I mean, you know, there's definitely the technology for that, and it yeah. Would, be a clear thing which I, I will i will commend the premier league for at least um you know that obviously this is very much like what we see in american sports these days where the review uh process has been introduced in almost every major sport i believe it is now even in baseball it's been introduced um where there is a pause in the action and so they have found a way to at least not shut the game down and, and stop it down for you know any manner of time which is nice uh, but it does still break up, you know, what many consider to be the most beautiful game. And, and we consider it that because of its, um, you know, fluid play and lack of stoppages. So uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll continue to improve and, and perhaps we'll become more accustomed to it as the season goes on. But at least for week one, they're going to earn uh, my personal winker of the week. So congratulations, VAR. Yeah, well, I'll just, wait, just wait until VAR turns into Skynet. And they'll, they'll be coming back after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look forward to that day. Woodberg brother is not only monitoring my soccer matches, but monitoring me at home. Well, Stephen, do you have anything to close with this week? Um, well, I have my own wanker of the week, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, please, by all means. Okay, so wanker of the week was actually the news. Um, so former president of the FA um, from the early 
2000, 2000 to 2006, Prince Andrew was in the news um, for being associated with a uh, noted suicide attempt, alleged alleged suicide. Um, yeah, I don't think it's an attempt anymore. I think it was successful. Whether it was a suicide or not, we don't know. But he is yeah, he is yeah. uh, he's a hundred percent dead. If you believe that it was his body, I guess. Well, I was just gonna say we have um, that's my wanker of the week. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll I'll leave it at that. I, I have some more thoughts. On, I have some more thoughts on that. <laughs> we, we worked hard. You can go to my Twitter account and there see who I've retweeted. We we worked hard to keep this a family friendly podcast uh, the last two weeks, so I appreciate uh, you know you uh, keeping a lid on some of your hot takes. Well, it is you know it it is related to English 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 football English soccer. Um, I was trying to find Prince Andrew's favorite Premier League team, um, but I wasn't able to find that during my uh, brief research. Um, but I do know Prince Williams is Aston Villa. Mm, he looks like an Aston Villa guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Stephen, we'll be rooting for them to go down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> In more than one way. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, you want to tell the way the fans, uh, the ways that they can connect with us on social media? Yeah. So FKW podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we've uh, just got our, you know, our new logo design back um, from our new designer. Um, I've requested some more tweaks to it, um, but it's getting there. Um, yeah, so give us a follow, and you know, and how, how can they find follow. us in the in the pod? Uh, the pod. Oh universe. yeah, so we so some news on that front. We have resubmitted to iTunes. Um, you know, they're kind of strict about the content that's available on iTunes. We were on there and then they kicked us off. Um, I guess we we're just like, you know, too cool for school or something. Um, too sexy. You, can, you can easily find us on Spotify. I think every, you know, most people use Spotify that I know, um, listen to all their music through Spotify. So that's probably the easiest route regardless. Um, search full kit wankers. And you'll see us. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Make sure and subscribe and tell your friends, tell your family. Yeah. Uh, five stars. Or thumbs up on Spotify. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it is. Just give us some love. And um, if you have any feedback you'd like to give us, uh, you can reach us at fkwpodcast at gmail.com. Um, just a reminder, all you football-loving fans, make sure and spay and neuter your household animals. And also, if you have a feral cat that lives in your house, stop feeding it and yelling at me while I walk my pit bull past your house about it not attacking your feral cat. That's all I got to say for you, Granny, that lives three houses down, just in case you're a subscriber to the podcast, because it really, really ticked me off today. Anyways, that'll do it for this week. We appreciate all of you out there. For Steven, this is Ryan. We'll catch you next week on the flip side. Take care.